0: Hello, Jason. Why, hello there, Tyler. How are you, sir? I am great. Uh, first off, welcome back from our hiatus. <laughs> yeah, uh, un- unintended and unplanned hiatus, but uh, I guess this is season three, let's call it, let's of ca- Ruffing yeah. the Pastor. Cheers. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so uh, I've been Tyler. I am Tyler. I'm Jay. And that is is the, the Pastor, season three. today's topic we have a list yes which i love the list days the countdowns or count ups or count sideways whichever way you'd like to do it this is one we've been wanting to do for i've been wanting to do it for a while it's kind of come up a little bit here and there and so this is we're we're talking about sad songs i've always loved sad songs and Mm -hmm. i think sad songs are really there's something about them uh particularly because they make you feel um and i uh i kind of gravitate towards them they sad songs often make me happy which is weird
1: i think that rob bell talks about in terms of life experience there's treble which is just like surface level up here happy but then there's like the bass notes of emotional experience of like really actually feeling something and i think you can listen to all treble music and just do surface level stuff but like the sad songs they bring the bass notes not to say that they're really basic songs, you know what I'm saying? yeah, like,
0: yeah. yeah. well it, and it reminds us, as I think we'll kind of unpack throughout this, but it reminds us of the bittersweet, like yes. the, the sour and the sweet that we, that what makes love, in particular, because most of these sad songs are love songs, although not all of them are.
1: no, not all of
0: them. Um, what makes it so great is the, chan- the fragility of it, uh, what makes relationships so great. Are that they're not guaranteed right and so when someone is in it with you they're in it with you and if they're not that's not really up to you right I think it's the best thing about relationships and the best thing about love is that it's about like you need both people in it and if they're not you can do your best to convince you can you can try to make yourself lovable <laughs> but you can't make someone love you no and so when they do that's fantastic. It's, it's part of the reason why, as we've talked about with dogs and cats, why I really, uh, I love both dogs and cats, but I love cats more. Because if a cat loves you, you've earned it. Yeah. Whereas a dog may just love everybody. Generally, there's some cats that just love everybody. It's, uh, it's
1: not on this list, but there's a great John Foreman sad song with the mm-hmm. line, it's a great injustice that it takes two to go to war, but only one to fall in love
0: oh yeah
1: and it's like oh that's good like that's really good how to
0: how to write a song yeah Yeah. um now as a as a as a disclosure um that for for our sakes maybe i'll take this out or maybe i'll leave it in but i I was wondering i was curious yeah so uh my life has been a very interesting one over the past year and uh much uh, kind of not how i planned it but uh, I'm coming at you from this place uh, as someone who is divorced, and um, so that this this from this podcast is not in response to that, um, and that, uh, that happened at the end of last year, uh, and uh, just for the curious, there was nothing nefarious, no no uh, infidelity or scandal on either side. Uh, it was very amicable as much as could be. Is very sad uh, and uh, not what I had planned. I don't think it was what uh, my wife had planned either. Yeah. Uh, but we are doing our best to care for each other and, and particularly care for the kids in the midst of the process. But it's definitely uh, affected a lot of the ways in which I see uh, and hear some of these songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also, one of my friends, uh, when. Uh, uh, they, when they found out about the divorce uh, especially in terms of the podcast they're like oh no is there going to be a theology of divorce episode now <laughs> just because it'd no. be really sad that's not what this is there no. won't be one of those no uh, but i, I mean i it's... will
1: i will assure the viewers even though tyler is wearing black eyeliner and has dyed his hair at this point just he's listening totally to the fine. cure non-stop
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah no every
1: it's good it's good
0: no, I think it's. I think it's important to bring up one because for those of you that knew about that, uh, you'll be wondering if that's going to come up when you see sad songs coming up. And for those that you didn't know about it, I'm sorry you didn't know about it. But it's also not the kind of thing that you send out announcements about. So, right. Uh, I think I <laughs> told some people, and then that was about it. Like that's not the kind of thing you tweet, you know? Like no, it isn't. Yeah. And it is kind of. Um, it's it's a whole. There's a lot of things that we suffer with quietly. Mm. Um, this one is inherently a little more public to the people around you, but. Uh, every divorce is so different and every experience is so different. It's hard to... And and I have very few of my friends are divorced. So I don't really have a lot of... Uh, uh, and I did not ever in, see myself as someone being divorced. So I, I, it was not... Um, uh, it, it's, it's a hard thing to know how to resonate with. And I, I will say this to all, the, all of my friends who are out there, and especially if you're just hearing about this and want to reach out. Um, it's a hard thing to know how to talk about, mm. uh, particularly because there's not really much of a story to it and yeah. usually when when people tell me something that seems like there should be a story and they say there isn't really a story i think well what really is the story then there must be There's not really yeah. i mean it's just kind of a sad uh it's a it's a sad over time story it's a not not any one particular thing yeah um it's and also one uh, of those
1: things that like i don't know i would comp- i would put it in this category back me off if i'm wrong but like when sarah and i had the miscarriage Mm-hmm. and people would come up to us to talk to us about that mm-hmm. my assumption was that person's going to say something stupid <laughs> like yeah. like it's just yeah. people try really hard to be like comforting and consoling yeah. and like hey buddy it's okay you know, like that all falls yeah. really flat in these moments so again like to the not public nature of it like
0: yeah you don't want to well, invite I- that if you don't need to and I definitely, I almost compared it to that, but that's such a different thing. I didn't want to compare it to, but it is kind of one of those things where you don't really want to talk about that, but right. you also don't want people to not acknowledge it. Um, exactly and, the right and so, way to say that. Yeah. Which is such a weird thing. It's like I want you to know, I, I want you to ask how I'm feeling, but I don't know what the answer to that question is. Right. And so I think that that is that's what I would say to all of you out here. If you have if you have or plan on reaching out to me to say hey, hey how you doing and then to go but how are you doing? Like that kind of question. (laughs) I want you to know this. I always appreciate that. I always appreciate it. And I almost always do not know how to answer that question. Mm -hmm. So if I seem real dodgy, if you encounter me, if you text me, if you ask me that question, know that I appreciate it because it means that you care and you've reached out Um, and know that I, me not having an answer to that is not being mad at you or me being dodgy about it. And the answer that, uh, I mean, even Jay asked me at the beginning of this, he didn't follow up with the second, but how are you doing? Because I think we've seen each other enough that I have <laughs> we've gotten that. But my answer is usually fine. And that is almost, th- that is, I try to make that always true. I try to always answer that question truthfully. And yes, I'm doing fine. I'm fine today um there's a great comedian named james acaster who uh has done some fantastic stuff it's he's he's got these four shows on netflix that are great called repertoire all together um but then he also has this show that you have to pay for uh to get and it all of it is talking about depression and kind of the worst year of his life and all this stuff falling apart and kind of like suicidal tendencies and stuff that he went through like really but he says in that because it's stand-up and he says, he, I usually at this point in the show, I get to the point where people start to feel sorry for me and I got to let you know, I've dealt with this stuff. I'm processing it. I'm okay now. And you need to know you're not going to be the first person that I come to, to tell these things to. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I say this in a podcast, this is not the first time I've talked about or thought about these things. And so, um, and, and, uh, we've recorded several podcasts since this has happened and and definitely while it was kind of a shock it wasn't a surprise when it happened so this has been a while that that uh, that that this has been slowly becoming more sad um (laughs) but uh, when I say that I'm fine I really I do feel fine uh and I feel like um we are still in a partnership and we're still a family and we're still trying to care for each other and especially care for the kids and to make everything as as natural as possible and uh and particularly to um Real close friends, I think a tendency when you hear about someone, when you hear about a broken relationship or a broken something or someone getting hurt, uh, you want to pile on to the person who hurt the other person or to pick a side and... Uh, I've said to people then, and I will say generally, it's uh, it is not helpful to pick a side, and there's no need, and that doesn't that doesn't help me at all. That doesn't uh, I, I haven't chosen sides particularly. I mean, uh, as unless much the I can. two
1: unless the two sides are wearing jerseys, it's actually yeah, usually yeah. not a good idea to pick sides, right? Like- and there are
0: clearly times where there's right and wrong. So right. like there there are situations of abuse and situations of, of of in broken relationships where there really is a a victim and uh, and a, a perpetrator. And that we shouldn't, we shouldn't both sides, everything. But in this particular situation, um, it, I, I, uh, part of caring for me in this process is not making a villain, um, out of anybody. So right. as you hear this, know that that is part of that. We were, I, at least I was planning on doing uh, an episode like this for, no, since I, we started the podcast. I, say, so I this think says, we talked about this even years ago. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is not roughing the pastor therapy sessions. This is no, 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 not at all. Legitimately- I've done with stuff. I'm dealing
0: with stuff. It's we're, it's, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, and but, I
1: like sad songs
0: too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sad songs are good. Okay, so we uh, uh, the the premise is that we would come up with ten sad songs. I right away made a playlist that was hundred and seven songs long.
1: <laughs> you texted me that last night. I was like, "That is the most Tyler thing." Like, I it knew is. there was no when, way you
0: could get. And your response, which oh, I forgot to make a playlist, is the most J thing. So that was <laughs> that was we
1: we're back, we baby. Fell, we're right yeah. We in fell
0: it. right into our roles of me. <laughs> Overdoing an idea yeah. and you forgetting about the idea. Absolutely, with equal speed. On brand, uh, everybody. On I have, brand. I have I've whittled my playlist down to an acceptable length. Uh, it's still a little longer than ten, but I'm only going to stick to the ten. So, my first song um, has a bit of a story to it. This is so, uh, as we said, the, a lot of these sad songs are sad songs about love and relationship, and some of them are actually. Um, about uh, things a little... Like, they're they're more complicated than that. This one is a little in the more complicated um, thing, although it is kind of a relationship song, but that's not quite what makes it so sad. So it is this song, which is... Uh, can you hear that, Mr. J?
1: I can, and I okay. love
0: this song. This song is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. This song is beautiful on every level, and this gets into a lot of... Uh, I, in the same way that I a lot of sad songs make me feel happy. Um, I picked a couple sad songs that sound happy mm-hmm. and and particularly one that's coming up a little later. I was gonna uh, say,
1: I'm, I have the the benefit yeah, you can, can you against the audience oh, yeah. of looking ahead
0: a little bit, and I'm yeah. i I'm where we where we Oh, it's super sad. super super It's yeah. super sad that song. Anyway, so Fast so uh, This song is basically um, about... Uh, A young woman who is kind of stuck in a situation and like it starts it tells this story like each verse kind of tells a story where she first she's kind of stuck taking care of her dad and like working um to help the family and her dad's a drunk and then she gets in this relationship with this unknown person who they can take a fast car and get out and so the fast car kind of represents like we'll just get away from this place where we're trapped and then we'll be fine and then with each preceding verse, you realize that the person she's with falls into the same relationship and she's trapped again. And then yeah. she's dreaming about getting out with a fast car. Um, it's very sad. <laughs> uh, but but it's a, it sounds like a release, this song. It sounds like a... And especially when you get to the, um, the chorus, it's like liberating. It's, yeah. and, it, and that's what it should sound like. Um, there is a, there's a YouTube channel... That really hit a couple months ago. Maybe it was like a year ago at this point, but it's just these two guys who are listening to classic songs for the very first time. And the one that really hit was them listening to Phil Collins in the Air Tonight for the very first time. So you're watching them live react to <laughs> to the drum solo. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And it's these two guys that are probably like in their early 20s and they just have not heard any of these songs. So people keep sending them say, "You gotta listen to this. You gotta listen to this." And one of them just and I think they're twins. Um, one a couple of the videos though just one of the twins will just listen to it on his own and he listens to fast car in one of these episodes by himself for the first time and he keeps stopping it and it's so great because he'll he'll pause it and he'll say like yeah and he'll he'll say yes like you got to get away and I like that she's not being held by back this and then the next verse happens like oh no this is <laughs> like him him reacting to the story and realizing like by the like it cuz it sounds like this uplifting song and then by the time you get to the end it's like oh no It all fell apart again. So this, it's just a great song on its own. It's a great kind of bittersweet, sad song. Not the typical sad love song. Um, But I also have a personal connection to this song in that uh, when I went to, um, in in April of 2018, uh, I went with a group of folks to Israel-Palestine. And we went, the nature of the trip was... Uh, a peacemaking trip, if you will, like is a little bit of being a, a, a tourist of the Holy Land, but then also a little bit of like learning from the people and the, of the people and talking to people and then helping plant trees, particularly. And so there are Palestinian lands in the West Bank that are farmlands, which they've owned for thousands of years. And um, settlers are coming in and just taking over the land, uh, and just kicking people off. And part of the way in which the government, particularly at that time, was saying, you can't hold on to this because you're not farming it. And then they would build roads to cut the farms off so they couldn't get to it and stuff like that. And so these outside groups coming in to plant olive trees was helping to show that the land had been cultivated uh and particularly an olive tree being a sign of peace and that olive trees grow naturally so this is a natural thing to grow and an olive tree will last for hundreds of years Um, and so we were there planting trees and and this is a group of um, uh, folks in their in their 20s largely uh it was my sister had put this group together and was leading the group and she had been there before and, and asked me to go kind of at the last minute and it was it was wonderful and I got to experience all this stuff and, and even the tourism that we did was not in one of those tour groups. So it was like we'd see all these tour groups kind of like a, get cattle cattle rushed through yeah. the Church of Hell Elise while we're sitting there hearing about a story of like, yeah, some people came here and burned this church down. That's why this is all new. Like that uh just <laughs> some crazy stories. And um and uh so it was it was a beautiful, wonderful experience. And at the end of it I'm starting the song over. Um one one day, we had spent the whole day kind of going to different places within the West Bank and talking to people who've had these really um, difficult experiences. And it started where we were trying to get into one village, and we had to stop the car and wait while um, Israeli soldiers were sh- shooting at kids um, because the kids were had thrown rocks, and the kids were probably age eight to age fifteen. Um, and it was ju- and it it was just kind of a you hear about it, but to see it was just overwhelming. Uh Um, And, uh, and so then when we finally got in, we got it, went up to the family's house to talk to them and, and you could still kind of hear gunshots in the background. And, and they were rubber bullets in theory, but also rubber bullets will, will kill a person. I mean, that's hockey pucks uh, are rubber
1: too, just to put that all in in perspective, right? Like,
0: and you don't shoot them out of a gun. No. Um, So the family, like, kind of stopped them of our conversation and said is there does this happen like is, does this happen all the time like oh every day like that the gunfire they, we don't even notice it's like living by the train like you don't even notice the gunfire anymore it's just always going on and it's there's no real uh, the daughter of the family that we were meeting with um, was in prison she was 16 because she had slapped a soldier who had shot her cousin in the face uh, with a rubber bullet from about two feet away and uh and he's brain damaged now and for her reacting that way she got put in jail um so we and then we went to this other place that had been this church that was uh, bombed by the army um and the people who were still living in the church and taking care of it so that it couldn't get demolished and um this kind of old Christian church uh, that had been there for a hundred years, and it was on the top of a hill in Ikrit. And so it's late at night. We're all overwhelmed. Um, we're being driven driven around by our our friend and guide, Mahanad, um, who. And it's just this group of us, like six of us, and Mahanad, who is driving a car, and uh, he's Palestinian. And uh, it's so. This is all news to him i mean like not new to him like it's all kind of second nature but he was taking us to these people to hear these stories and uh so we're we all get in the car and everyone's speechless and we're all just exhausted from emotionally and everything and he just he plugs in his phone and just starts playing this song and like with added like of all the songs to play like why are you picking this up and it's i mean he's this guy he's probably 32 Palestinian Muslim who lives in, in the Middle East. Like, Here, I got what, this what? one. Yeah. yeah. This is the, this and this is the, is just the song that he chose to make. Oh my. And, and it was great. And we're all quietly there. And then everybody in the car starts singing the song as loud as we can. And somehow everybody knows the words. Like, <laughs> it, it was it really surprised me. Um, but the meaning that the song took on in that place, especially of this hope. In the middle of a hopeless situation, yeah, and it was such a perfect song for that because it, it even today, it exemplifies this hope that things will get better when there's no evidence to show that it's getting any better. Yeah. Um, and the persistence and the hope, and all of the all of the people that we talked to, all of the Palestinians that we talked to, believed that this would end, that yeah. that not through war but through peace, that that uh, true. Humanity and community could happen and will happen eventually uh, on a level that I just couldn't comprehend. So, this song was therapeutic and healing. And and it was, I mean, we're driving in the dark through Israel, Palestine, in the middle of the night with the windows open, all hanging our arms out, singing this at the top of our lungs. It was cleansing, this song. I I I do at some point
1: want to do. an intro or an episode about what's going on in in israel and palestine right now Uh, yeah but i think i think for enough of a a teaser for that coming out of that story at least what i've been learning lately and i think this time around with that conflict we're coming to this a little bit more than we have been it's complicated
0: boy i hope so it's not that complicated though it's I not mean, that complicated. No, but I mean it yes, is, it's complicated, but it's not that complicated.
1: It's not as com- it's not easy in the way we want to make it easy. Yep. right. Like, yep. Here are the good guys. Well, here are the bad the guys. W- like,
0: yeah. Uh, the the complicated thing is that the people who I always thought were the good guys may not be the bad guys, but they're certainly not the good guys. Right. And that's not to say that the other side is the good guys. But we, I went there. As most Americans do, and kind of a lot of the world does, has just an assumption of like, oh, they're the good guys, right? And they're demonstrating more and more every day, yeah, that I mean that they may not be bad, may not be evil, like they're not mm-hmm. villainous per se, maybe, but what they're doing cannot be classified as good.
1: We are, uh, we're on song one of our twenty song countdown, so I don't want to take up too much time to labor <laughs> the point, but like even. That's my longest story. That's my longest story. (laughs) Even this misnomer of like uh, Hamas is firing rockets into Israel. Like, yes, they are, but Israel has the Iron Dome.
0: Yeah, and like, and also there's a big difference between a rocket and a missile. It's kind of like the difference between a rock and a bullet. Both of them are dangerous, but one of them is precise. Right. A rocket is just something that is just basically thrown up in the air. Yeah. And is that good? No, it's terrible. They shouldn't be doing that. Is it good to throw a rock? No, you should never have to throw right. a rock. But if you are throwing a, and what when we were there, kind of asking about rock throwing, they said we throw rocks to remind them that we are here. Yep. Because without the rocks, we tried not throwing rocks, and they just bulldozed us. Yeah. And so a rock is not is a sign of sh- of showing love, to say hey you're hurting me. Yeah. And like if if someone if you're a little kid in the movie theater. And an adult is about to sit on you. You better <laughs> kick them in the back, right? To, before they sit on you, right? And that's not because you're mean, but you need to do something to get them to notice you. Yeah. And and that is to the, to the folks that we talked about. They were saying, and also we're throwing rocks. They're shooting bullets. Like yeah. that. It's it's but not what, the same thing.
1: That's exactly. I think we're saying exactly the same thing. Like it's that's the complication that we're yeah. not talking about. Like I, I've heard it a couple times on the news in the last week or so. Like, well, if they would just stop firing rockets, like, no, that it's not that simple. Like, it's not yeah. that simple. Um, yeah. So we'll come back to that. We'll do a yeah, whole we'll episode that on that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I obviously have a lot of thoughts on it and a lot of personal experience with it. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think it validates me more than other people, but it does give me uh, a, tr- a a real sense of having experienced some of this stuff for two weeks—the yeah. time that I was there. But and, I mean, it changed me in a way that I was not ready for, and I'm still processing.
1: Pick your favorite controversial topic, any of them. Any kind of experience at all radically changes people's perspective. Yeah. I mean, almost yeah. always. The people that are trying to make any ra- controversial topic as simple as good guys and bad guys have no experience with either the good guys or the bad guys. Uh, yeah. And, you know.
0: Well, and it should go without saying, but it doesn't, so I'll say it, <laughs> that there's nothing. Uh, There is nothing anti-Semitic about being critical of Israel there. You can be, there's a lot of anti-Semites that hate Israel. So that's, that's a different thing. Yeah. That, but that's not the same thing. Not, not every square is a rhombus, but every rhombus is a square. No, the other way around. Uh, One of those two things. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so, I I love Jewish people, love Judaism. I'm a big fan of it, big advocate for it, big supporter of it. Like support as I am of all people, but in particular, that has been a harassed group throughout history. So I think they do need uh, particular advocacy and allies to help right. um, combat that. That is still active. That is not what is going on here. That is a very different thing
1: no and you're right there's a difference between like i love the penguins i always will love the penguins i'm a big supporter of the team but when the defense continues to make that idiotic play in the back corner i'm going to criticize that decision (laughs) from my beloved team right it doesn't mean i support them any less it does i just wish they'd stop doing that you (laughs) know and i think on a much bigger scale (laughs) right if i criticize israel's response to some of these rockets and and that's it doesn't mean i don't like israel or i hate israel or i wish they weren't there I just wish they'd stop doing that, you know. Like yeah. stop.
0: Well, in in particular, with your friends, like if you're doing something that's hurting other people, I'm a bad friend if I don't tell you that. Like, I, I, if I want you to be the best you you can be, I need to help you get there, and part of that is accountability, right? And so, if we don't hold our allies accountable, then they're not really our allies. Exactly. We are not. We are not their allies. I would say. Yeah. All right. So number ten for for Jay. So it is th- time. Tyler had that lovely story uh, and
1: explanation. This, when I was in middle school, there was a girl I liked and she didn't like me back. And this was the song that was popular <laughs> back then. That is the entire sum total of how That's, this song The rest came of to my be.
0: playlist is, is basically middle school <laughs> heartbreak.
1: This is number 10 from a movie starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. Oh, my. Can you even believe, like, in the year 2021? Can you believe that movie existed, or that anybody ever thought that would be a good idea to have? It, Meg made, Ryan? it made a ton of money. It, it, made it made really did.
0: Money. It really did. So here's the here's the thing. Here's hipster Tyler's coming out again. I have not seen City of Angels. I have seen Wings of Desire, which is the German movie that it's based on, <laughs> okay. which is excellent. Yeah. It's three hours. It's really boring, but it's really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, the movie, essentially, if I can remember it, because again, I did watch it a lot when I was in in middle school.
0: Uh, I just know Meg Ryan gets hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Spoiler alert!
0: Uh, spo- I'm saving you. I'm saving you. There you go. Now you don't need to watch it.
1: It's essentially Nick. Nick. Nick Cage is an angel that comes to Earth and falls in love with a woman. Uh, Meg Ryan. By the way, every Nick Cage movie should
0: is appropriately started off by the description. Let's <laughs> let's get this straight. Nick Cage is an angel.
1: Yeah, even National Treasure, a, a, he's gone an in angel, sixty seconds, and he's gonna he's
0: gonna find <laughs> the, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an angel about it, but there. Uh, the, this song also gets a head tip because uh, our youth group worship band went through a season where we were trying to cover popular songs, oh, and we tried this one, and it just this is not a song for group
0: singing at all. That season's called the two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> right. When all church thought like, hey, you know what'll get them? if we sing Plank. thriller before the before <laughs> the, stuff
1: the low point in that story is that we I should have put this as a sad song just because of this but we did for a good while cover All Star by Smash Mouth and that's
0: that is a, a shockingly good song it's uh, is it, it though I, like yes, I don't know yes it is <laughs> it is I mean it's uh, not it's not good it's garbage yeah. but it's catchy for garbage it deserves, it deserves everything that it's got yeah. Now yeah. everything else they've done is terrible. They are terrible. They're yeah. like, like garbage people. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a, it's a good song. You put it on right now. I'm gonna be singing it. Yeah. I and mean, it's not. That's it doesn't make me mad. That song doesn't make me mad. I Just did like see
1: though a meme once that suggested that Guy Fieri is what would happen if you combined all the members of Smash Mouth. And if you pull up the picture of Smash, <laughs> he's Mouth. he's the Voltron
0: of Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, so coming in at number ten for Jay, "Iris" by the Google Goo Dolls.
0: That's it's a good song. It's a good it's a, song, especially it's a great song. if you are between the ages of let's say forty-five and uh, thirty, like that. You have an emotional connection to that song uh, because you put it on a mixtape to somebody, or you stood in the corner uh, of a middle school dance thinking, like, is this a slow dance? Should I ask her to dance? Yeah. It like also fits in that weird place of like, how do you dance to that song? You
1: don't. You just don't. Yeah. yeah.
0: So my next song is uh, this is a song you you may not have heard before.
1: I, I don't think I have. I oh, I think God, it's one of my goodness. bigger pop culture sins that oh, I'm not as into goodness. Lauren Hill as I should
0: be. This is a song. There's only one album. So that's, I mean, it's okay. easy to catch up. Right. <laughs> Doesn't this take is, long. Oh, my goodness. This song.
1: I'm just going to add it, this album right now so that it's at yeah. the top of my... Oh, oh
0: my goodness. This is one of those songs that, I don't know if you have one of those songs in your life that every time it comes on, you have to stop what you're doing. Just yeah. to, it, at the very least, just to go, ooh. Like kind of, this is a song that every, t- if and I feel it. I feel it right it, it,
1: like it's, oh. Tell me who I have to be.
0: Oh. So good. I, uh, This is a car singing song. Like this, I have a playlist called Songs I Must Sing, and this, mm-hmm. is, one, this is number one. This is X Factor by Lauren Hill. I guess I didn't say the title. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't uh, do it. Well, just because I can see the answers doesn't yeah, mean that everybody that, so can. The, yeah, so this is from The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, the only album that she came out with. She came out with an unplugged album. And that doesn't really count. She had two Fuji's albums, which are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of them is. And um, this album's perfect. She never made another album. Uh, it is so good. And this song is – excuse me. Uh, the song is about Wyclef, who was one of the Fuji's. hmm Wyclef and her got into a relationship in real life. And this song is about that. And it is such a like true, it is raw emotion of like being like the end of a relationship and like a relationship that is breaking apart. And particularly like she's saying, like every time I try to leave, like you, then you become a nice guy and I love you so much, but you don't care about me. And it was just like, it just builds to this, um, at the end of it here, right? I'm gonna skip a little bit. Oh, just like the hook, so good. Like it just makes you. Yeah, it's a to This is a head nodder. Oh, this is a good. This is a good song. And it ends with this like litany of like care for me. You say you care for me. Therefore, you say you're there for me uh, live for me. Like all this stuff. Like you you said you do all this stuff. And like where are you? Yeah. And like and I and you won't even let me go. Like every time I try to end this, you won't end it. But then when I try to get in, when I let you back in you you pretend. Uh, anyway, clear. okay, so. Explain. Well, I will uh, say
1: while we're while we're continuing to jam and, and, and to get to that big part. Yeah. That reminds me of my first honorable mention of the day that didn't quite make the list but yeah. could have. A similar situation where a girl and a boy in a band get together and then break up. And that, that Lauren Hill didn't quite do this but to make your ex play bass and sing background <laughs> vocals on his that was on breakup my list. That, was song. The, that was in the 100 the top 100 yeah no doubts don't speak, don't speak. is an that's incredible great.
0: song she had Again, two albums worth of songs about him
1: <laughs> because she makes him sing background vocals yeah. and play the bass on the songs yeah. that are about him oh that's sweet sweet revenge all the way to the bank cool. yeah
0: they have an, another great song called uh, Ex Girlfriend, which is also about him. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I Did love you? No Doubt. I, I no. think about once, once a year.
1: I think Spider once webs. a year I go through their whole catalog, which isn't terribly
0: long. Rightfully so. Uh, but it's great. You said you'll be there for me, for me, for me. You said you'd die for me, give to me, give to me. won't you live? Okay. So this song is. just one of the best songs ever written okay
1: so this one's probably a good bit off the beaten path uh, yeah this is your hipster song this is my hipster song uh this is by a band called guster yeah uh who i love sarah modern day Beatles. yeah they're (laughs) i don't know if i'd go that far uh
0: guster beetle based pop let's call it that
1: all right that's fine guster sarah found them they opened for john mayer once and sarah Mm -hmm. was there for it and on brand yep yep and uh John Mayer should have made this list, but I digress. I had it.
0: I had probably three different John Mayer songs. He's got some hundred, good sad songs in there. Oh, he does. He does. Slow dancing and a burning room.
1: Yeah. But then this band, I got turned on to Guster. Being a drummer, the fun thing about this album, this called uh, an album called Lost and Gone Forever. I should start playing the song so we can talk over it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the last song on this album. Uh, as a drummer, I got into this because this the kitschy thing their drummer did is. He does not use drumsticks or mallets of any kind. Every percussion instrument that he plays on here is a hand drum. Um, wow. Yeah, it's that's interesting, interesting and you know, almost stupid. It's crazy. Like it, yeah,
0: it's either it's either brilliant or really dumb. Yeah, depending he, on how it how pans out.
1: There was some documentary from the end of uh, uh, of a, a tour they did in support of this album, and he's like gorilla gluing the blisters in his hands shut, oh, man. and like, yeah, not good, not wise. But this song is called Rainy Day. It's the end of this album, and it's about saving up for a rainy day that just yeah. keeps coming. Uh, like it, It's not like there is one rainy day. It's like they're all rainy days,
0: uh, and he just sings it so well. I'll turn it up a little bit I, more. I do love a, a sad album ender. There's something nice about it. Yeah, I used to, um, especially with the mixtapes, like you put a, I would put like a uh, not a sad song as the ender usually, but like a, the sad songs would come towards the like the last quarter of the mixtape, and then the, the last song would be like a, a slower song, but kind of like a good, end credits, yeah. like only in dreams by Weezer is always a great mixtape oh, ender. Yeah,
1: this one's good. You can even kind of hear it now. Like it is only going to crescendo. Like mm-hmm. it starts so small. And this thing's building somewhere, uh, yeah. And it's it gets epic towards the end.
0: Well, and it's all it's always great to get a song that um, starts off kind of quiet, but by the end of it, you are shouting it yeah. as you sing along. And especially for a sad song, that's always nice because we don't usually start a sad song like really sad unless you're like nursing wounds or something like that. And like <laughs> oh, I need sad songs, but like if you're just like riding in the car and this comes on, you're like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then by the end of it, you're all you're in. I'm
1: going to skip to the end a little bit just to really make your editing job impossible.
0: Yeah, this is good stuff. I am uh, like mildly familiar with Guster, but I'm unfamiliar with this song. So
1: What's funny I'll about Guster as a band awesome. is they have very much two different existences Mm. like the first three albums this is their third album Mm. they're kind of like acoustic hipster hippie like dave matthews ish music yeah and then the fourth album and after they went hard indie to the point Mm. that like they're almost indistinguishable like you almost feel like it's two different bands
0: yeah oh this
1: is nice so when is this? This is like 2002. So this would have been like 99, 2000, something like okay. that. I don't know when the album came out, but
0: yeah, I knew their first couple of albums came out like mid or the latter part of the 90s, but I wasn't sure how deep it.
1: Again, that screaming bit at the end yeah. of the sad song. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is solid, and it's just it's it's uh, it's a march. Yeah, march to sadness.
1: <laughs> so that's my number nine, "Rainy
0: Day" by Gustar. That's pretty solid.
1: Pretty that's, solid. That's a good one. That's a good one.
0: All right, uh, my number eight is, uh, yeah. is. one of the one of the saddest songs ever written.
1: I really want you to explain. This is "Heya" by. Uh, Outcast.
0: Yeah. One of the happiest songs ever written. I i strongly maintain that if you go to a wedding and they don't play this song at the reception, they have <laughs> failed. Yes. They're yeah. doing it wrong because there's all kinds of garbage that they'll play at wedding receptions just because it's you're supposed to, like the electric slide or the cha cha slide or whatever those dumb songs are. If you yeah. aren't playing this song, this song's a banger. People need to move to this song. People will be on the floor. Grandma's dancing, little kids dancing, everybody in the middle. People sing at the top of their lungs. It's a great song. It is one of those
1: songs that, like, even if you don't know it, like, if you is this is your yes. first experience with this song, the you're you're first time with you it. hear it, you're
0: like, I'm dancing this song. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly how to dance to it, how to move to it. You can dance terribly to it. You can move around. Grandmas dance to it. Little kids dance to it. It's great. It's one of the saddest songs ever written. Explain. Because Show your work. <laughs> listen to the lyrics. So, like, we sing the song at the top of our lungs. We dance to it. the 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 hook is hey ya, so we don't even really notice it, but it's super sad. Uh, And I'm not going to play the acoustic version because I think that that tricks us into... I I like that this is... that, that the regular version is sad. Yeah. So, here comes the line. Okay, we get together, but separate's always better when there's feelings involved. And then this line right here. If what they say is love, nothing is forever, then what makes love the exception? Oh, why are why are we so in denial? Uh, why, why 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 are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here? The whole song is oh. about breaking up. The, thank God for mom and dad for sticking two together because we don't know how. Yeah, like that, and it's and then the rest of it's just a banger dance. But like I grant your is, premise. It is a sad and, song. And it, what makes it so sad is that it is enveloped in the most joyful song you've ever heard. Yeah. And that at the core of what's going on in this song, I'm just being honest. We know that this isn't working, Yeah, but we're just gonna keep pretending and dancing. But why are we in denial that we know we're not happy here? Like that, and and that just even that line, just that line alone, if what they say is nothing lasts forever, then why is love the exception? Like that's like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cynical song. It's pretty like, yeah, yeah. Uh, nihilistic in that sense. Um, but then we're shaking it like a Polaroid picture. So we forget. Well, like I was going to say, you got to
1: bring it back around to shake it like a Polaroid picture. It does
0: this beautiful thing of it, like hits you really hard with some emotional weight, but you for- even if you notice that song in the moment, you forget about it by the time you get to this, like, yeah, it's just such a great song. But it's so sad. And there's uh, there's a guy named Obadiah Parker who does a uh, an acoustic version of it, which they then copied on Scrubs, which is what Scrubs did really well, of like stealing great <laughs> moments from other people. Uh, and uh, and But it, it he just does it acoustically, and that's the first time I realized, like, oh, this is a really sad song, because um, you can actually hear the lyrics. Because yeah. you don't really – the lyrics seem – I mean, the name of the song is Hey Ya. It seems like it's a pointless song that's just fun. But it's actually really – Kind of about some sadness and particularly andre 3000 was going through lots of sadness at this point uh in terms of a breakup and uh this album was a way of dealing with it by not dealing with it which is really interesting and so yeah. there's sadness in terms of the content and then there's sadness in that it's it's kind of avoiding dealing with stuff uh so yeah that's my number seven is "Heya," a wow. very sad song that should be played at every <laughs> <laughs> <everywhere>. <laughs> Maybe it, I mean I don't think that that's the reason why it's Maybe not getting played at that. No, <laughs> you should still play it. People don't listen to the lyrics that song. It's still <laughs> a great song, gets people on the dance floor. If grandmas can dance to it, then it should be played That's, <laughs> that's fair.
1: That's fair. Alright, so I uh I wanted to uh be uh wide reaching in our uh genres. This is my number seven from a Mr. John Coltrane. Mm. In maybe one of the greatest jazz albums ever uh this is the ending to a love supreme
0: is part part four this
1: is part so, four of a a four part i don't know if you'll call it like a movement like it's a it's a double sided l p outrageously spiritual I should get the liner notes and read like it's yeah.
0: So, do you know this about this part of the song?
1: No, I educate me. Okay. I just know that this. You yeah, listen to you this and this tell song. me that you are not mentally transported to sitting by a rainy window and thinking about a, your life,
0: right? Yeah, for real. This is introspective. Yeah. Uh, there is a psalm listed in the liner notes. If you read that psalm along with this song, he is play speaking the psalm. Huh. So his saxophone is—he is saying the the cadence and the syllables of each word. He's reading the psalm through his musical notation.
1: I think this guy is a saint, and we should build a church after him. <laughs> you know, that's what I think. That's what I think. That's an inside. Jay, g- that's a deep Jay cut. Jay and I
0: went to uh, the St. John Coltrane Black Episcopal Church in, Sa- in uh, San Francisco. Yep. Uh, yep. And th- and then we started the pandemic. <laughs> we did. But, uh, we kicked it off. Yeah. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, that was a really cool place with a little bit of weirdness in it. But yeah. It was, really, it was really great.
1: And then the world shut down. Yep. I haven't been outside since. Anyway, Love Supreme. If you're not into jazz, even if you're not into jazz, I think it's a great album to, to take for a spin. It's got all the all that you would need out of a good jazz album.
0: I like, it's, I like both of those options. You yeah. said if you're it, not into jazz, even if you're not into jazz.
1: Well, it was it was a continuation of a thought. Yeah, if you. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even if you're
0: so not. Yeah. If you're into jazz, though, man, yeah. it uh,
1: doesn't. like it. It's good. So that's my number seven. A, a the psalm from I Love Supreme.
0: That's a solid choice. I had several instrumental songs in my list, and they uh, are in the honorable mentions. Mm. Here is probably the saddest song ever written.
1: And it's only at your number six. Like that's. that's i mean at this sense. point i
0: wasn't really listed by <laughs> uh oh no it's not the saddest song I've ever written i was very intentional about my number one that is the saddest song it always makes me sad so this is a song called i can't make you love me by bonnie Raitt. uh is hot adult contemporary pop from yeah the, from the, this is
1: taking me places yeah yeah
0: yeah um <laughs> so it's i mean very much in the production of like 1991 or 89 or whenever this came out um but it is one of the most beautifully honest like breakup songs uh, ever. And every time I hear it, it just like, I gotta stop and, and hear the song. Uh, and it's so true. And kind of, as I said at the beginning, like one of the best thing, and this is why I love the song, is that I love this song not because it makes me sad, but because it speaks to what is so true about love, is that it is so fragile. Yep. And that you need to really work on it. Um, and you need to work on it together, and the, the the most tragic and most beautiful thing about love is that you cannot make someone love you right, if they don't. And it takes two to go to war, and only one does. to fall in love. You know, yeah, and and only one to leave. Like yeah. that's the that's the hard thing. Uh, so just just even the phrasing of the hook, the. And Bonnie Raitt has such a beautiful, like the production of this and everything is super cheese. Like it's very, very dentist office, but it's still, (laughs) her voice is just beautiful. This is, it's so true. Um, It's just a sad song. And it's just, it's a sad song that even if you haven't been in this situation, you can understand this situation through the song. Like it's, it's so raw and universal. Yeah. in this kind of thing and and just being rejected in any way it's like that uh it's hard to come to terms with the vulnerability vulnerability of relationships in, on any level yeah is is admitting that we can't control them now we can ruin them we can yeah. definitely just yeah. sabotage you can do them a whole them bunch. all you want i yeah. can make you not love me real <laughs> easy <laughs> uh, but if you if you say you're out there's very little i can do to bring you back in
1: right side note on that I was listening to a couple days ago Rich Mullins Mm -hmm. and like my first thought was oh boy this is dated kind of like when Bonnie Raitt starts (laughs) playing like like, oh this is a little dated don't friends don't give up on the dated music because there's some good stuff in there like even if it's not like cutting edge sound
0: there's some good stuff in there Mm-hmm. Good songwriting is good songwriting. It just might need to be saved from the production sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but especially a good acoustic cover of something can can make some make you hear a song differently. So, all right,
1: this is my number whatever, but number six, number six. Uh, but Five Iron Frenzy is a great Christian ska band. They had a side project called Brave Saint Saturn, and it's very emo, pop punky. Yeah, uh, they they did three albums. Their first album. Part of why this is a challenge is you can't get it anywhere anymore. Mm. I think in part because they actually and truthfully recorded it in their basement in like a weekend. So this is not the song. This is part of that. You can't get this album anywhere. This is not the mm. song I was thinking of. This is still oh. a sad song okay. to to stand in. You know, kind of like when someone else accepts the Oscar. What was for your you. sad
0: song choice?
1: It was called "Moon Burns Bright" off this album, "So Far From Home." Which again, you can't get anywhere. Uh, this one is Space Robot Five, which you know. How great is that? All very space themed. So you get your uh, your countdown. Mm-hmm. This song works out to be a sad song. Anyway, every Brave Saint Saturn song is a sad song on some level. Uh, this. Yeah yeah essentially man. this is a song about a robot space robot five who becomes sentiently aware that he exists only after he's on a mission in space where no one <laughs> intends to bring him home <laughs> so like yeah short circuit yeah. three but then i will give a plug i think uh, strongly believe the second album in this series uh the light of things hoped for is the best worship album that's ever been made And it only contains maybe a bridge of worship music. Everything else is a setup to that bridge. And it's so freaking good. You need the whole album. If you get through the whole album to the last song, by the time you get to the last song, you're like, why is he still crying about girls? And he went through breakups and had like an engagement break off or something like that. But then that last song hits you and you go, oh, shoot. He's been talking about something else the whole
0: time. Ah, Spoiler alert. It's God so good maybe maybe I don't know I, haven't, I don't, don't remember that part maybe. so i have to listen yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah maybe but yeah it's great I'm terribly sad that you can't get this album anywhere because this is that's t- the saddest part about that sad song it is this is I remember the mission trip in youth group when I was driving home listening to this album on my disc man uh, so this is a critical part of my childhood and Reese Roper if you're listening I don't care if the production quality sucks let me have this album Put back, man. Give me this Put album. Put it out. So that's my number six and 6.5. <laughs> Moon Burns Bright is actually my number six. Space Robot 5 is its stunt double.
0: Okay, my number five is another song that sounds happy. All right. But is not. Uh, well, it is kind of happy, but for very sad reasons. <laughs> so my number five is uh, a little song called I'll Fly Away. Oh, yeah. Uh, the happiest song uh, this particular version is from oh brother where art thou Um, i include this kind of as a representative of many different songs like african spirituals uh, these old-timey music um, from uh, this kind of mountain music uh, from oh brother and it's a super kind of happy song but it's basically the song is saying Boy, things are going to be a whole lot easier when I die because this life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, yeah. It is just real depressing. But it's, it's, it's real, like much like African-American spirituals, uh, like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Like it's all looking at heaven towards an escape from this suffering, uh, which yeah. is beautiful yeah. and sad. Uh, yeah. It's sad that the only hope that one would have would be death. Uh, because there is something beyond death so it's it's less sad in that there is hope beyond death um, but it's very sad to live accepting an existence in which there is no hope in this right. world uh, and uh, so I'll Fly Away really hits that really well and again it's a beautiful kind of happy song there's another song on this album uh, called Angel Band that's like right at the end that is also another great song uh, and it's talking about little kids. And it's just saying, like, come take me away, Angel Band. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, let's, yeah. let's get on it. Peace out. Every song in this album is about, like, boy,
1: I am ready to die. Take me. Yes, I don't know if I have any in my list. If you've got kids singing your sad song. Yeah that's an immediate level up. Like if you can bring children choir into the, the experience, <laughs> if, you,
0: if you're, if you're ready to make people feel worse, yeah. that's the way to do it <laughs> is through uh, Oh, there's another song. I am weary. Let me rest. That is just mm. a bummer. Cause mm. it's saying like, I've been through a lot. Here's angel band. Uh, it they, So this is sung by, um, the Stanley brothers on the, on the playlist or on, on the record. But in the movie, it's sung by little kids. And this is yeah. just saying, like, I can't do this anymore. Come on, angels. Come get me. I am done. This is a yeah. bummer. Uh, I worked real hard at dealing with life, and I just can't do it anymore.
1: That's interesting. The worship leader me, every now and again, churches will ask me to come sing I'll Fly Away. Yeah. As if it's the happy stand-in song. And I
0: am always kind of like, Wait, why? Why? Why I do think, you want to say yeah? Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's happy given the circumstance. It's not happy when your life is fine. Like for most, right. like suburban middle-class churches, we don't really need to. We don't. The same reason why we shouldn't sing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot." Uh, like it's just—it's uh, culturally outside of our understanding. We should appreciate it and understand it, but we shouldn't uh appropriate it, steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I think i'll Fly Away" works at a funeral. It's a beautiful funeral song. Yeah. Um, and it's just a beautiful song in general, but it, it's it's really speaking to a hopeless sense of the world right now. Uh, so that's my number five.
1: My number five, I got a little insight into, and it also looks like this particular artist, or at least part of this artist, is getting some uh, some love here in the next couple next couple tunes. But this is Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. And this is the end of their album Narrow Stairs.
0: And it's a song called The Ice is Getting Thinner. Ben, ben, ben Death Cab can write a song. Ben, ben Gibbard oh. can write a song. I mean, we've got a lot of Ben Gibbard love on this podcast, but uh, he can write a song. Man. He
1: really, really can. And I, I've been thinking a lot about him lately in the different bands and existences that he has, how good he is at writing songs for the moment. Yeah. You know, for yeah. whatever
0: he's dealing with. His best songs, I feel like his best songs were written when he was chubby. <laughs>
1: Which That's is probably the, true. The
0: early parts of like up through uh, probably plans. I think he started losing weight around plans, and now now he's a he runs super marathons now, so he's like ultra yeah. fit. Uh, That's my strategy for songwriting: is to just let myself go a
1: little bit yeah, and see you if I can better, catch up Yeah, write better
0: music if you're less in shape.
1: Yeah, yeah. But this song, I didn't realize a uh, some sort of nature documentary about polar bears oh, had reached oh. out to Ben Gibbard and asked him to write a song for their movie and he wrote this. This, this is not a breakup you song. you think that it's
0: about actual polar bears. Right. The ice is getting, it uh, gets way worse. I can imagine the polar bears stuck on the thing yep. looking oh, The ice is getting thinner. What are we doing, guys? There's no hope. Come take us away, Jesus. Yeah. Send the angel band. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Go back to that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the 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 artist the movie ultimately chose not to go with the song, and he he said in a, is it too a much live of stream, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he said during the live stream that he was playing this song, he's like, what did you ever listen to any of my music? Like, what else did you expect to come? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's a good song though.
0: Oh, this is real good. Yeah,
1: the uh, ice is getting thinner by yeah. Death Cab for Cutie. Please save your polar bears.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to. Uh, use this as an opportunity to uh call an audible and throw an extra one in so i'm going to give you just a taste of this is almost a death cab song it's a postal service song so this is not my official number four because i'm reserving that for the next one now but i just want to throw this in there because this is also ben gibbard this is a great song about a breakup and about the it's a duet of the two sides of the breakup and ben gibbard saying no i think we can fix this and then is it jenny lewis is on the other side of it
1: i think i think it's jenny lewis
0: um What's the name of her band? And, R- Rilo Kiley. No. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's giving great—he's like like great, great lyrics. I think we've talked about this before. The only bad part about this song is when he says the uh, like a goalie tending the net in a in a in the third quarter of a tie game rivalry. is like, there's not quarters yeah. in, in
1: hockey. The hockey fan in me kind of screams. Yeah, I don't you know. know
0: hockey, and I I uh, I know that that's not right. Yeah. In the third quarter, right there. Yeah. But it, it like works at first I was like
1: soccer, but there's not quarters in soccer. Nope, nope, there's there's ads just halves. So uh, uh, oops.
0: anyway, it fits with the meter. But then the duet of the t- and so she comes back and she's like, no, this thing's falling apart, man. Like I'll make charts and graphs to explain why we need to end. And then the du- duet of the two of them it's and so this, good yeah, tell me am i right to think that there could be nothing better than making you my bride and slowly growing old together and yes that is the that is tyler's ideal like that kind of idea but then the flip side of it don't you feed my lines about some idealistic future um how can you something when you keep tearing up the sutures like it's just oh, yeah so great so great so that's not that whole
1: album th- by the way if I get to make top, a request, if I'm requesting Reese Roper to release the first album, Postal Service needs to do more. Yeah. They only ever did this one album, yep. and yep. that was it. And they walked away from it.
0: Come on. And there's more is, good uh, Postal the, Service oh, out oh, there. Oh, so great. Okay, here's my actual number four. Oh. Another not sad song, or a happy song that is, to me, very sad. This is another song. This is Night Swimming by, by R.E.M. Whenever this song comes on, everything stops. Mm. This song, if I had to pick a song, and I think someone even tweeted this one time. Uh, I think it was Mover Scott from Movers, f- mm. friend of the show, Mo- friend of the pod, yeah. Scott Durbin, uh, hopeful hopeful guest again in the future. Um, yes. And uh, he had, I said, like, what's a song that just that that can't even remember how I phrase it, but it basically, what's a song that immediately will take you to a place like that that is like a an emotional song to you, and not like destroyed, but this song. Uh came out in 1994 from the album Automatic for the People. The cassette tape was yellow. It was really crazy. Like, the whole thing was, like, <laughs> clear yellow. Um, and this song is so connected to me. Uh, one, it's, it's just a great, the, even the lyrics and the tone of it is very ethereal and nostalgic. Because the whole thing is he's just remembering um, a, a time when he went swimming in the summer probably when he's younger and it talks about how he's got a picture that just reminds like to me it is about remembering things that used to be uh in good and bad ways. like kind of missing them but appreciating that they happened uh it's kind of this the bittersweet nature of having experienced things but knowing that you can't go back there anymore and especially some of the the best experience that you may have had in high school or things like that, that you just, the situations that allowed those things to happen in the way that they did just can't happen. Yeah. And something like this, um, going out, swimming in a lake in the middle of the night, like you can't do that as a grown-up, really. Not Like the, the situation, you could, but the, it just doesn't. Right. The opportunities like that don't... There are opportunities to do things at certain seasons in your life that make sense. And you should take advantage of them. And when you can't do those anymore, there's a sadness in that. But there's also an appreciation for what you have experienced. Yeah. Um, particularly because this is from 1994. 93, I think it came out. But it was like 93, 94. Right uh, and it, it was my last year in Iowa, which is... I grew up in Iowa. Oh, were you and I? And you I, and did, I did, I okay. did. And it was right before, know. so this was uh, the summer. We moved in, on June 14th, 1994, right at the end of my eighth grade year. And so I, and I'd and i lived there since the middle of first grade. And so I'm on the, on the on the forefront of high school, kind of right at that emotional place where I think of myself autonomously as an adult. And did so many of my favorite experiences in my teenage years actually come from that year, from 93, 94. Because all of these friends who have been my friends... For the bulk of my life up to that point, uh, I'm experiencing all these things with. And then I moved to a place where I did not connect with people for a couple of years. And then by the time I did, I was out like it. So it was really my high school memories are largely connected with my last year in Iowa, which was actually my eighth grade year. Yeah. Uh, and this song was such a, um, a foundational song for so much of that. Uh, not just with me, but like with everybody who kind of grew up around that time. Like, it's just, this is a, a pinnacle song. And it doesn't even really have a hook. Like, it's just a loop, a piano loop. Right. And he just sings over top of it. Uh, it's beautiful in its simplicity. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel. And I, I like that. Edit. And it makes you feel in a sad way, but not in a sad way that makes your life worse. It's not Angel Band at the end of it. Where are right. like, <laughs> right. at the end of it, you're like, yeah, we did have some fun. He, like, that kind of.
1: The only way it could be, like, I think about this sometimes, too. So my friend David and I were on a trip a little while ago. David listens to the pod, so we'll mm-hmm. go friend of the pod mm-hmm. there, too. He just sold a um, car. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Thank. Good to see you, David. Glad you're driving well. Uh, but he and I were on a bike trip, and uh, we were sitting by the river one day and had this, like, should we jump in? No, nah, we probably shouldn't jump in. Ah, we should jump. No, nah, we're not going to jump in. And we came down to, like, no, you shouldn't jump in because that's a horribly, it's an irresponsible decision. Yeah, and the, we're like a year or so removed from the ride but almost every time I see David he goes "Ah, oh, we
0: should have jumped, jumped in, in the river in. Yeah. and when like, you're 17 forget the consequences when you're 17 you don't even think about it
1: you don't yeah. even come close to thinking about it so like night swimming is a sweet nostalgic song if you're the kind of person that did go night swimming it's a gutting song if you're the kind of person like me who yeah. had opportunities that, to do that yeah. stuff and
0: kind of went so many chances I don't know
1: and you look back on it now and go ah oh, shoot that was my shot, and yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's my number
1: four. That's a good number four. Yeah. What's Thank my you. number four? Ugh. This is, really this is the this ending of uh, of an album. I've very nearly put on and probably should have the uh, this is unplugged. This is MCD something in the way
0: version. something in the way by Nirvana from the album. Yeah. Never mind. The final track,
1: it's just, yeah, kind uh, of
0: final track, penultimate track if you count. Yeah. And yeah. the, nameless the sentence is a hidden track on that on the
1: tv this is i mean this is the this is probably the first album that you were embarrassed to let your parents know that you purchased because of the cover (laughs) because of the cover
0: naked baby on the front
1: (laughs) naked baby uh baby doodle on the front but uh very naked baby very yeah yeah Yeah. you have to censor it a little bit it's a great album i mean start to finish it's a very 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 good album
0: I have long maintained because they are a three-chord pop band that plays like dirty dirty grunge rock. Um yeah. and I have long thought it would be fun to have a cover band that plays um all of the Nirvana songs cuz they they have beautiful melodies but plays them yes. in the style of the early Beatles. It huh. would translate perfectly cuz it would be Yeah, it really would. They're all they're really all the would. same and they're complex but in a way that Beatles songs are complex like the and it's all everyone has like a, a perfect hook to them like they're very very this song, musical. This song is exactly two chords over and over again like it's just it's like Polly. I, that Polly's the one song I can play on guitar because it's two chords. Yep,
1: just two back and forth. But oh, and again, it's one of those songs that's sad all by itself, and then when you recognize the tragedy of Kurt Cobain, yeah, yeah, uh, it gets way worse that, that that he was taken from us far too soon.
0: Well, I have a 4B. A 4B? Yeah, all that right. I'm going to... Did you have a 4, not I, A? I had a... I had a <laughs> no, I had a 5B a that where I was latching okay, on right. to you. And now right. I have a 4B that I'm latching onto to you in that same way. Because this is not my number three. That's what I'll call it. This is not my number three. <laughs> this is not number uh, three. But this song uh, is important. This is also Nirvana. And this is Where Did You Sleep Last Night from Nirvana Unplugged. This is the last song they played on Nirvana Unplugged. Uh, within months of this uh, being recorded, and I think within, within a month of it coming out on MTV, uh, Kurt Cobain um, died of uh, suicide. And um, he was experiencing tremendous pain, back pain, uh, which led him to do more painkiller drugs, which led him to have more issues. And so he was in constant pain for the last probably six months of his life. Um, and this song is a uh, a song by Lead Belly, who was an early uh, roots guitar player, um, African-American from the 1920s and 30s. And like one of those early recordings where a guy just went around and found like folk players and recorded their music. So that it was recorded on... Uh, phonograph records and stuff and so lead bill became known uh, because he had hundreds and hundreds of songs Uh, and this is one of them and this song there there, there's so much pain in this song and it's a real simple song um, and it's in particular so i'm going to skip to the end let me explain it for a second so I can get it cute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you see it, because this was for MTV Unplugged, so it was a show that they would play. They would have bands come, and they, the bands would play their music largely acoustic, uh, which was a really cool idea. I wish they still did that. But I also wish they still played music on MTV. And man, boy, man. hey, hey, millennials, don't you love hearing uh, Gen X and people like that talk about how they used to <laughs> play music on MTV? Oh, uh, it used to be, yeah. And I generally. think,
1: though, to, to to be honest, this is the pinnacle of the Unplugged. Yes, oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This, there was nothing then, great before this. There's nothing as great after like it is. Oh,
0: Lately by Jodeci was great before this, but this is the this is uh, certainly the peak. And Pearl Jam unplugged was really good too. Uh, uh, the, nothing nothing touched this. This is this is no, if the if the show so exists good. just for this one album, uh, it's great. And it also gives us a fourth, um, a fourth uh Nirvana album in that sense. Yeah. Um so there's a point. So he's singing and it, it just crescendos, he's just repeating the same thing. Um, and there's a point where he uh, sings the last line and you can hear it audibly where he sighs, uh, where he just kind of goes <sighs> right before his last bit. And, there's, and he looks dead straight into the camera and his eyes are filled with like all of the pain. Like you can see right into his soul and you know like this guy is going through it yeah. um, and this is genuine. And you can hear it in the song so it. it's coming up and there's that's where the sadness is is how raw and true this is but especially how it's not put on for the song and to know where this ends in just a few months after the recording goes. so that's coming up. so right after he says the hole Yeah, that sigh right before night through is, uh, it's like real time pain. Um,
1: the the other fun fact about Nirvana, just to you know, as well, we're still talking about it. If you put a mustache on their drummer, he would look shockingly like the lead singer of Foo Fighters.
0: (laughs) It is an uncanny resemblance. He's a little skinnier, but other than that, he's a
1: little skinnier with Nirvana, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I
0: mean, the, the Nirvana drummer is a little skinny. Yeah, but it's a dead ringer outside of that. So that, it, that was not my number three.
1: <laughs> my no, no, not number three.
0: Uh, my number three is this song.
1: This is an incredible pick. Oh, my
0: goodness. This is another song that when it comes on, Tyler has to stop what he's doing and yeah. sing this song. Uh, this is Burn from the musical Hamilton, sung by Angelica. Um no, Eliza. Sorry, uh, yep, yep. by uh, Eliza Schuyler, who's played by Philippa Sue, and uh, this comes at a point in the musical when um, Alexander Hamilton, who's been having an affair on his wife, uh, and we have dealt with all of the political ramifications of that and how he has kind of destroyed his career by doing this, and then it ever like everything peels back, and then it's just her on stage. And I think this is the only song in the whole musical where not a single other person comes on stage, like where it is just her. There's a couple other times where they are solos, but there are people doing other things. And the, so the whole music is a literal showstopper where the momentum of the show stops dead for Eliza to come out and sing, you have ruined our life. Our, our, our life. Um, and you have burned everything to the ground and in the midst of this she is she has all these letters these love letters that she wrote he had written to her and so then she's saying I'm gonna burn these letters um, so that no one knows every like now people will have to wonder what our relationship was like and we don't know how true that is except for the fact that there aren't a whole lot like there's tons of letters that Alexander re- wrote to other people but there's very few letters that he wrote to his wife who we know he does he did love um in a way that doesn't make sense for someone who wrote so many letters and so the then Manuel miranda took the notion to say well maybe she burned them to kind of force people to not know that he was uh like that's your penalty is that they won't know that i loved you and that you were lovable because you you burned this and uh I'm erasing myself from the narrative. Oh. Uh, so good. And then and later later she says, I put myself back in the narrative. So it ends up happening. But just that line, like, uh,
1: it's such a... I forget what the names of the songs are, but the one after this where they talk about forgiveness.
0: Oh, that's the saddest song. That But it's that's, beautiful. I, that one's called I, Quiet Uptown.
1: I have heard that song exactly twice oh. because both times I was a blubbering mess of a human. Yeah. When, afterwards. That, when
0: that goes to... Uh, when like cuz it's talking about how they kind of rekindled it after the the death of their son and that point where the chorus comes in and just says forgiveness and it is oh it's so it's Got so it. sad and great because yeah. you they earned it like they in a way that I mean just saying right now oh they get back together like it doesn't seem authentic but then they earn it in the musical and that moment is so that's what you need is to to accept that you broke that you that you failed that you don't deserve forgiveness and then when it is offered it is true Um, but this one ends with I hope that you burn which is sad and beautiful in all kinds of ways so that's my number three
1: All right, it's a little off the beaten path there's a band called Sugar Rose uh, and their lead singer Jonesy went off and did his own album he is a weirdo He's so weird. A, the, super the, weirdo. They're, it's like yeah. if
0: Bjork was a guy and weird, that would be Jonesy.
1: <laughs> if Bjork was weird, yeah. you'd get Jonesy. Yeah, that's, and that's now we need a brilliant take, way take to take say his, it. Take his
0: red. Bjork is super weird. So imagine yeah. if Bjork was weird and a guy. That'd be <laughs> right. Jonesy.
1: This is more, I don't know that I've ever done a deep dive. This is an, an English language album that he did. He's Icelandic, well, yeah, he says I confidently. I've not
0: heard any of his English language stuff, yeah.
1: Uh, this is English I've never done a deep dive on the lyrics on it, uh, just because this one is more a feel than it is anything else. Yeah. Uh, this is tornado.
0: Most of his songs are are ethereal kind of feel songs. Same with Sugarrow. Right. Like that's the they're a good background music. I
1: was gonna say Sugar Rose is really good when you're studying or yeah. working on something, and
0: yeah. Yeah, he is Bjork is also Icelandic, and uh, so there's lots of makeup, lots of like fairy wings and feathers and outfits, and it's just a yeah.
1: It's they're interesting people. It's, I would, I would, I would entertain a trip to Iceland yeah. just to see what's going on up there. You know,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. When much of your uh, year is ensconced in permanent dusk yeah you're gonna do some weird stuff like that <laughs> you assume no
1: one can see what you're doing yeah. and so you you're just you, a, you, yeah
0: it, it, it's a different way of looking at the world when day and night are not as constant as what we're used to
1: this one also gets bonus points for the percussionist and me for the polyrhythm that's going on here this. two different time signatures yeah. happening at the same time. This also had a, a spot in my heart—not quite sad, but tired. Yeah. Uh, this was a song that I would frequently listen to when I was in seminary and working full time, and yep. like just busy, busy, busy. Yeah. When I drive home on 28, uh, and sunset was coming down on the city, this was the go-to song to put on and just kind of like let the day slip away and like drive with the windows down. Yeah, yeah. This song the is definitely behind the sunset. Is, a,
0: is a total feel. This song. Yeah. Well, and it's good. That's um, almost like Night Swimming. Uh, night Swimming is a little more in your face with it, but some, some of these songs being a good soundtrack to mm-hmm. your experiences. Uh, sometimes a, a good song knows how to get out of the way, and that's a, yeah. that's a big plus. Okay, so my number two is uh, a weird one. <laughs> this is a song from 1941 let's say something like that this is Vera Lynn uh, we'll meet again and this is if you were British you would know this song like we know uh, born in the USA or something like that maybe not born in the USA but like it's just a it's a national song that everybody knows uh, it was big in the war and it was it was a wartime song and it's called we'll, we'll meet again and it's basically it's a a woman singing to her love who was going off to war, knowing that he's not coming back. Yeah. And so it became this national song and she just died a couple of years ago. She was like 90 something and she would still sing it every year. And it's a big thing. Like uh, the queen said, we'll meet again in some uh, speech a couple of years ago. And everybody's like, ah, brilliant. Like they uh, so they all know uh, it's a, it's a, it's a zeitgeisty thing in British culture but it's this hopeful song in the midst of uh, certain certain uh death basically yeah. and uh so the hook is we'll meet again don't know where don't know when but i know we'll meet again some sunny day it's actually uh there's a version of this song that's at the end of dr strange love uh, and it's again kind of stunningly uh happy song that's incredibly sad this particular version Is the first version? It's my favorite version of it, and I came to know it because they have it in the loop of the queue for the uh, the Tower of Terror at Disney World, and it's so it's the perfect level of like creepy, ghostly music to be playing in this haunted this haunted uh, haunted motel from the 1930s um, or 1940s. Yeah. So this so
1: good. It does have just the right kind of horror movie yeah, now that just you like happy go in that context. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so to me for the longest time it was that, and then I learned kind of the backstory behind it. I was like, Oh man, this is, uh, this is a super sad song. Uh, so yeah. it's a, it's a good one that I just like, again, I, I've connected to it because I love Disney world and it always reminds me of, of, uh, the tower of terror, which is one of my favorite places in Disney world. And, um, but just so songs that make me nostalgic make me kind of long for things is a good one but just uh, the notion of of finding hope in a hopeless situation even if that hope is kind of fabricated <laughs> like in this one this is even less hopeful than i'll fly away because it's not necessarily saying like hey we'll see each other in heaven it's just saying i mean maybe I hope yeah. so yeah we'll see <laughs> i don't know where i don't know when um and uh uh, that that line there she's like um, I'll just say hello to the folks that we know tell them you won't be long um, and that uh, the next time that you see me I'll be singing this song like that It's just a oof. it's a sad song uh, yeah especially from that era So that is my number two a weird sad ghost song from Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll throw in my honorable mention here just because it's here on the list at this point, but, uh, Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles. Oh yeah. Honorable mention. It's just sad. Yeah. It's just, it's very sad.
0: sad. Like it's a sad tone. It was on my top 100. Uh, and it is super depressing because everybody in the story is super sad. Father McKenzie, uh, cleaning the pews in the church, or no, preparing the sermon that no one will hear. <laughs> like yeah. no. I mean that that line. Like, that one hits a little too hard. <laughs> 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 I've
1: no been there, brother working. McKenzie. Yeah, a yeah. <laughs> little closer to home than I'm comfortable yeah. with. Uh, but this, I, I this was almost number one until I remembered how good my number one is.
0: Is it good? Uh, this a good is another
1: one, one by number REM. Number. If you're sad, you put this on.
0: Ironically, another middle school dance song. It's a good, yes. good middle school dance song. R.E.M. REM's a tricky band in that they have some country songs. This is a straight-up country song. Yeah. Listen to it. I mean, but it's a country, like, this is a pre-1985 country song, like a classic, like, bar honky-tonk yeah. song.
1: I'll take another whiskey. Yeah. yeah. This is good for middle school dances, though, because middle school dances, I think... There are probably more relationships born and broken yep. up during the two-hour window of the dance itself. I can't dance with you if we're not going uh, out. I don't want to go out with you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a perfect song on all levels for the middle school dance. Was this on Automatic for the People? I yep, can't. it's yeah. on
0: Automatic for the People. It is a fantastic album. I just got that record, and it's the best mm. purchase I've ever made in my life. I, I may be a little hyperbolic with that statement, but it's still it's pretty high up there.
1: I would like to someday do an episode on the theology of watches to collect my new pandemic obsession. Uh, I think you're keeping pace with me on the record side of things. I think I had a bit of a head start on the record side. Am I incorrect in thinking there's been an expansion? Oh, yeah.
0: That's the closest thing. I mean, to go back to, like, how's Tyler doing? Tyler's doing fine. The one way Tyler's coping is he's buying probably way too many vinyl records. (laughs) It's the one... Like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do anything toxic, I don't do any destructive behavior. Uh, The closest thing I come to destructive is I spend too much money on records. And by too much money, I mean, like, I buy one record every two weeks, maybe. Yeah.
1: That's about where I am with watches. I'm not spending a gross amount of money. But, like, at some point, you're like, I should probably stop.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it started with all the Bowie records. I got uh, Uh all the Bowie records right from the middle. Uh, but then I'm slowly kind of working my way into the edges, into the stuff that's not quite as good on either side of his peak. But his peak is like 12 albums long. And so I got a lot of... Now I have so many, I feel like, ah, I should, there's only like five more. I should just get those ones too. Um, but then it slowly branched out into like albums that I love. And this is one of them that is just like... a. It's a good, And I love the aesthetic of a record we talked about this we have the theology of vinyl records which is well that's
1: what i was gonna say along along with along with the theology of watches we should do a a theology of records round two round two yeah that's true i think there's been enough
0: yeah expansion on both sides that everybody um, hurts fantastic song fantastic album that is a great pick for your number two here before my number one we have some honorable mentions a good one is this song, Someone Like You by Adele. This is, this oh, is just a heart heavy. crusher. Um, and again, I mean, it, it's I, I left this one off because I can't make you love me if you don't. Is kind of the same thing. Uh, this song, co-written by the guy who wrote Closing Time. Really? From the band Semisonic. Yeah. I also had a oh. Semisonic song on here. Semisonic is a great band. Uh, yes. If you Even beyond closing time, I highly recommend checking out their stuff. I had a song that's the one song that was too sad for me to talk about. Wow. Uh, so there's the only song because I have a lot of personal connection to it and it's a real sad song anyway. So I didn't put that on. It's called Gone to the Movies. Real sad. Check it out. Very sad. Um, I will
1: say learning this, uh, this has been fun and educational, yeah, yeah, this episode. You know, this is good. This is good. So this, this – this, this, this next honorable mention if you're going to play what you're hovering I'm, I was kind of thinking t- that
0: you were going to play, put this in. I was surprised that it didn't go But let me just say if about something. This some, is going to take me to a place. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Get ready for your place. eyeliner to start <laughs> running here in a second. Uh, but so, someone like you, I love that it is it's such a beautifully written sign because it's kind of saying like, oh, I was trying and I thought this would work and boy it didn't. And you're happy. And I'm glad that you're happy, but I'm really sad that you're happy. Like that uh, and Hello is kind of a similar vibe to it, which how do you write the same song and make them both fantastic? I don't know. Adele's amazing. Um, yeah. So here's, here's the – get ready for your eyeliner to go. This is the classic breakup song. Oh. Screaming Infidelity is by Dashboard Confessional. Every song is emo, sadness, and dashboard. And uh, just the uh, – as for now, I uh, – uh, this is a great song this is a, this is a you gotta shout this when you're driving on the road very what would this be 1998 1999 something like that Screaming Infidelis. Uh yeah very it's so good early I mean it's when punk people learned that they could play an acoustic guitar and sell more records that way uh, yeah. and just be really really feely uh, he
1: did uh, well Dashboard Confessional started as just one guy whose name I can't remember but he off, was in a punk head. band Right. Yeah. Well, he did an MTV unplugged, which was also. Yep. It's not Nirvana level, no, but it's no. pretty good. It's pretty um, good. He plays a very open tuning guitar, and that's the first time I started goofing around with that. Yeah. And it's, that it makes sauce. guitar playing it alone, way easier to Nirvana deal with.
0: How you're making out this is a great song, hands down. Also a great song, kind of the antidote to this song, because hands down, yeah. hands down is about the best eighty ever went on. Uh, another super sad song, Ben Harper, Drugs Don't Work. This is actually a Verve song cover. Ben Harper's fantastic, has tons of great sad songs. This song is about being in a toxic relationship with a self-destructive person, and it's super sad. Uh, the drugs don't work, they just make you worse, but I know I'll see your face again. It's about, like, knowing I got to leave you because you are just destroying yourself, and I can't watch you die. But I hope I'll see you again. Like, it's, the, it's still in that... We'll meet again. And, oh, man, this line here is getting me down. uh, Down, my love. Like a cat in a bag waiting to drown. That's so sad. It's so sad. (laughs) Okay, uh, here's another pretty much any song by Phoebe Bridgers. They're all super sad. She is the saddest person I think I've ever heard. Uh, But I particularly go to Scott Street, which is a very sad song. Uh, listen to Phoebe Bridges if you want to feel terrible about everything, or great, I
1: guess, depending <laughs> on about, uh,
0: the, how depending on how this episode's striking you. Yeah. yeah, this song uh, "Twin Falls" by Built Built to Spill. I almost put this in in place of "Night Swimming" because I thought you might pick "Night Swimming," but it's kind of the same feel. Uh, Built to Spill is a great great album or a great great band, but this song is all about like thinking back to where you grew up, and uh, and all these kind of random memories of childhood and and have and having moved away from a town and gotten out and the like people the girl you had a crush on like her life kind of went in a very different direction so just kind of pondering like what if like we we knew each other when we were in sixth grade and if we'd known each other when we were adults we probably would have gotten married but i loved you as much as a sixth grader kid and then i moved away um, and it even has like such great lines there it said seven up i touched her thumb and she knew what it was me like heads up seven up and then it Love says that. uh um uh something about being uh, uh beneath the parachute like in gym uh-huh. class uh it was just so many like connecting lines in there uh hide and seek forgotten all about this song imagine Heap. such a great oh song. man so great it's so great there's another song about kind of like looking back on emotions and going back to a place that you haven't seen in a long time this is the Does what you say Um uh, this song is just super sad, Verity Cries, even though it's kind of a happy song, it's sung by Ten Thousand Maniacs. And then uh, I'll give you i give you two more. Life Boy by Fish. hmm Fish is a band I don't really recommend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a very acquired taste. I don't even really know if I like Fish. But I was
1: gonna say, I would you would think, my love of Dave Matthews, that I would be the one that would like fit and I can't get next yeah, to him. Yeah, I really they just they can't.
0: they do so many they do some really great things and then they do t- too much stuff like mm-hmm. yeah they're just there's too much and and you have to take in the culture of fish and everything like that but uh most of their stuff is live G- gmb and they play songs for 30 minutes and it's all their ice cream however yeah that's all ben and jerry's but fish food is the best that's the best flavor of yeah. Ben and Jerry's. anyway yeah. this song is called life boy and it ends with a loop with like the last three minutes of of it is just saying god never listens to what i say um, and it's all about trying to, um, you to uh, hook, yeah. the hook is God never listens to what I say and you don't get a refund if you over pray basically about kind of struggling and reaching out for faith and not getting the yeah. answers there and um, feeling completely rejected not just by, from relationships yeah. but by God and that's uh, uh, real sad, that's yeah. real sad. <laughs> Uh <laughs> And uh, the I had back and back to black by Amy Winehouse, which is great. I had America uh, by Simon and Garfunkel, which is this great kind of existential like I don't know who I am, and and it's another one of those kind of happy songs that's sad. Here's the last one, Cubs and Five by the the Mountain Goats. I really was joking when I said I was gonna do ten uh, honorable mentions, but I just literally did ten. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> um, Cubs in five is another super happy song and it's not really that sad, which is why, but it's all about a breakup and it's basically mountain goats are this big lo-fi band and it's just this one guy. And he talks about all of these impossible things that are going to happen. And one of this is the Chicago Cubs will beat every team in the league and the Tampa Bay bucks will take it all the way to, uh, to January. And I will love you again. I will love you. Like I used to, like it is basically saying, when all of this impossible stuff happens, it's basically saying when hell freezes over. We'll get back together. Um, and it's using... It was back from an era where it was unbelievable to think the Cubs would ever win a game. Um, and it's just... It's a really good song. But it's a good song if you want to... Like, if you'd like... If you're pushing on the bruise, that's a good song. Um, so the, all of those are not my number one.
1: <laughs> that's it. Not, not number one. Yeah.
0: Here is my no, number I one. Imagine. Here's my number one. This is the saddest song ever written.
1: I just want to take this moment to say I love you, Tyler.
0: This is the the saddest (laughs) song ever written. It always makes me sad. I might cry. Hearing it right now. This is called I Don't Want to Live on the Moon by Ernie from Sesame Street. It is so sad. It always makes makes me sad.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to Ruffing the Pastor where you can hear two middle-aged men weep over Sesame Street
0: songs. I would like to live on the moon uh so I might yeah like it for i would okay <laughs> wait i gotta go back to that life <laughs> I,
1: like
0: <laughs> I would like to visit the moon but i don't think i'd like to live there so I'd, like to look I'd like to live down, down at the earth from above i would, I would but i would so miss all the places people and people i love people so i would so although, so although I, might like I might like it for one, one afternoon, afternoon i don't want to live on the moon and love it love is love a song written for five-year-olds I'd like to and it's true but this sense of like I want to do all this stuff but I don't want to miss the people who I love Um, if you are a longtime listener and cataloger of the podcast so basically I'm just talking to Rachel Jones but uh, you may remember from the fear episode that Tyler doesn't have a whole lot of existential fear or a lot of like literal fears like like spiders and, and heights and stuff Tyler's main fear is broken relationships and losing the people I love this song is what I am afraid of. And my last year has been a little rough in terms of that. Um, but but I still have the people I love. I still have the communities I do. I still have even even this relationship that has changed in terms of uh, my marriage. Uh, I still have that, that person in my life. And I still have, it's just a different way in which these relationships exist. But yeah. what Ernie is talking about here too is, <laughs> Ernie, you know, Ernie. yeah, our buddy. <laughs> As we hear, Our Ernie, dear friend. Um, the, the sense, I mean, Jim Henson singing sweetly about how important it is to go on adventures, but that ultimately the people that we are connected to are what gives us value. And I do want to go do stuff, but I need to come back because I like you. And I want to be near you. And being near you is better than... Being in the sea, or then. being in the moon, or, or exploring stuff, yeah. and so uh, I don't have to choose one or the other, but I definitely don't want to live there. And boy, wow,
1: that, that was timed out perfectly. That hurt. We got the yeah. end. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so that's my number one.
1: Oh, that is that is a good one. That is a solid number what? one.
0: Did you know that song before? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's they did. I mean, it's Sesame Street song from like the the eighties. That the they replayed Sesame for a was while was good. Yeah. They replayed it for it. Yeah, pre emo Uh, And then they they replayed it. You can still see it every once in a while, but I don't know how much people connect to it. It's a great song. It's a great song.
1: So for my number one, uh, a
0: little while back,
1: towards the end of his life and career, Mr. Johnny Cash started covering other bands. And he covered a Nine Inch Nails song by the name of Hurt. And the song is great, his performance of it takes it to a whole other place. Like, it's a... I would give it a B-plus as a song by itself when Nine Inch Nails does it. It's an A-plus song on Johnny Cash's part.
0: It is, and I would say it is a... It's a almost perfectly written song. Uh, yeah. And the Nine Inch Nails... Like, so Trent Reznor wrote this song. Lyrically and everything, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The way in which Nine Inch Nails had to do it makes it not quite as good. Like, it's a better right. song... Then, and I love Nine Inch Nails uh, but it doesn't quite work oh. with the Nine Inch Nails aesthetic in the way that it right. needs to this song also um, much like the Kurt Cobain song that we talked about um, Johnny Cash died Within months of this song being released,
1: I was gonna say, I he may have even died before it came. out. I don't know the time. It came,
0: it, it came out. It was like cl- real close. I think it was released before he died, and then he died right. Yeah. And it, if you watch the video, he looks like he died in the middle of the filming of the video. Like it was really, <laughs> it's and he was it's was super sad too because it's like filmed at his house, which was also a museum, but a museum that had been closed for like thirty years. And so it's like all of this Johnny Cash memorabilia which is all dusty and old Like it's a beautiful video. He is super old and like kind of brave of him to present himself so um, vulnerable yeah. in this place. It's almost like the last David Bowie um, video, which he died uh, the day before that came out. Um, yeah. And in his last video, you can kind of see like, oh, he's an old man. Like this is, and he <laughs> died of cancer. Same with Johnny Cash. This is just a oh. this is just a sad song. The opening line: "I hurt myself today to see if I still feel." Yeah. Wow, Wow. It's it's so good. This is a good number one.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Johnny Again, Cash. also building somewhere, like trying to take you on a on a journey. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh,
0: yeah. So that
1: is ten-ish sad songs from the. From the the uh, host of Roughing the Pastor. If you're sad that we're back, we've just <laughs> armed you
0: uh, so, to the teeth. you to, to go. To put a bow on it, as we like to do. Right. We said it's the theology of sad songs. We haven't talked about the theology as much, except for a little bit of the hope for heaven and stuff like that. Um, I think that, as we said a little bit at the beginning, um, it's important for us to recognize that we part of the human experience is pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that without pain, we can't fully appreciate uh, the blessings that we have. And I think that that is throughout the story of Scripture. This is where you get like the, the love that God creates us for in Eden means nothing without the choice away from for. That the, I can't make you love me if you don't also works to God talking to right. Adam and Eve. Uh, it's on a cosmic level, yeah, yeah, and that the the suffering that it's Jesus mine. undergoes on the cross isn't the beginning of the suffering. The suffering is is the the pain existentially that that Jesus starts to feel in the garden, the pain of betrayal, mm-hmm. the pain of rejection, the pain of all that, um, and that in order for Jesus to fully be human and fully experience the human experience, he had to feel that suffering and the angst and the the loss and um, that to me what i love about sad songs is that they uh, much like johnny cash just said uh, i hurt myself today to see if i still feel i listen to these songs to remind myself that i still feel and i, I no. that not in a depressing way like but that no in a in, in a human way like that right. it's good to feel pain to remind us that we also feel joy and that pain does not last
1: and I think part of my theology, my evolving theology is, um, is expressible well in this. Like, I think I've been leaning much more into the language of gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my folks in my church have been asking me about stuff like, is this a sign from God? Is this a sign from God? And usually my answer is, I don't know, but it sure sounds like it's a gift. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I think for as much as I think there's a breed of Christianity that might recoil at what I'm about to say, but like, I think sadness can be a gift, yes. Um, from God, like to 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 the full range of human emotions, are designed by God for a purpose. Yeah. Um, and it, it, like anything, you can take it too far. You can abuse it. You can you know, wallow in it. You can overdo it. But I don't think the the pushback against it warrants ignoring sadness altogether. Like there's a certain camp counselor Christianity that's like, yeah, happy all the time. Like, "Eh." no, come on. Like some things are sad. (laughs) Sometimes you have sad days and that's okay. Yeah. It's very okay.
0: I I love that idea of a gift. I think everything is a gift. I think that it's a gift to be alive and part of being Mm -hmm. alive is feeling and part of feeling is, is, is sadness. And that, that there is joy (laughs) there is something good in being able to feel sad because it means oftentimes it means we can think outside of ourselves um even in the selfish think we think those people don't love me we're thinking outside of ourselves in the sense that i want other people to notice me i want other people to validate me that i mean that's the more selfish way of thinking of it but a lot of it is the pain that you feel towards people who are um, experiencing especially when we listen to love songs if you are in a if you're not in a broken situation, you can hear a love song and think, "Boy, it was sad. I feel bad for someone who's in this situation." Or I feel bad, yeah. like like the "I'll Fly Away." I don't think that. I don't think that. Boy, I can't wait till I die <laughs> so I can go to heaven. Like, and <laughs> right. the "Life Boy," the fish song. Um, I can resonate with that. I can resonate with feeling distance from God, and how bad it would, how how lousy it would be if that's your kind of everyday state. Um, and and that's different than feeling um, questions about God. And curious about God, I think that we all have a sense of the unknowable nature of God. And but to to be certain that God is not there uh, is pretty pretty sad. <laughs> like probably the ultimate sadness and that uh, being able to resonate with that without having to experience that, I think, is part of what some of these songs can bring out.
1: That's, I think, it's it's a training in empathy, right? Like yep. that's not my story or my experience right now, yep. but I want to be able to relate to the people. For whom that is my their story and their experience, right? And that's not appropriation, right? We yeah, talked no, about no. that earlier yep, about how dangerous that can get. But to just have empathy for I don't feel that way toward God, but tell me why you do, or yeah. better yet in this case, sing it to yeah. me so a second. Feel feel it.
0: feel it for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um I think there's there's a tremendous value in being able to be empathetic toward our brothers and sisters mm. in a way that is very largely lost in the culture right now. Like mm. we are not empathetic toward each other. No. At all, uh, it's it's pick your side and and run your battle. And I think so.
0: that yeah, I'm with you. That's that's it. It's the empathy. It's the opportunity to to experience the reins of emotions. If if songs were just happy, feel good all the time, uh, that's no fun. Like that, and it's not real. It's not authentic. And uh, and as you said with the camp counselor thing, that when we present the church as that way, when we have no room for sad songs. We have no room for humanity uh, yeah. within the church, and that's, that's a bummer. Uh, some of my favorite songs, like the uh, Come Thou found of Every Blessing, has like a real sad last verse, which is so true. It, the uh, uh, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O take and seal it. Seal it for the courts above. Basically saying, I'm gonna screw up. I can't do this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. So uh, here's my heart, because it's better with you than it is with me, because I can't be trusted with this thing. And knowing that like even in the midst, at the end of this song, that's just saying, God's great, God is great, God is great, but I can't follow God because I can't be trusted. like that. Yeah. <laughs> that to, for that to be in a hymn is so important and honest and uh, authentic to what it means to be human and God's understanding of us as humans, that God makes room for that which is yeah. important for us to, to admit.
1: Well, that's, I was going to say, I think part of it too, is if you're within the range of emotions that Jesus is feeling, mm-hmm. you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. The line that always kind of guts me, cause I think John was trying to get it. Uh, I think it's John seven when Jesus's brothers are trying to get him to go up to the festival. And he's like, no, no, it's not time yet. And the line at the end of that exchange is even his own brothers didn't believe in him. And like, Come on! Like, yeah. You're trying to do this thing and build this moment, and even your brothers don't buy it. Like there is sadness in the Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Yeah, you know, like Jesus opened those emotions. Why should we feel like we are not? The obvious Twitter question. I mean, just obvious uh, is what we miss. What yeah. sad song is not on this? Now, you get extra bonus points if it's not included in Tyler's top 100. We'll we'll honor system for that. We didn't go through the whole thing. Yeah, but. we did Boy, there's a lot of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did two instrumentals, too, that I threw in there. There's uh, Samuel Bar- Barber's Adagio for Strings, Super Sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, I can never – is Jim Jim PDA The I can't say it. It's in French. That's the first time I've ever tried to read it out loud, and I'm sure that that's 100% wrong. It's Eric Satie. Uh, who plays the piano song? Is like da, 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 it's in everything, and it's like real melancholy and sad. Um, and uh,
1: yeah. oh man, I hope it's on your li- Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. No. Oh come on. No.
0: Do you do you ever listen to the lyrics to that song? I mean, it's very, no, it's, it's a very th- sexy song. Th-
1: it's a feel. It's a feel It is thing. a feel. It is
0: a feel. Yeah, no, I didn't have that. Because I prefer the Leonard Cohen song version of it yeah. compared to the Jeff Buckley version. And uh, the Leonard Cohen version is, one, like nine minutes long, and two, it's all about So it's, it's one of the funny songs that whenever you hear a praise band singing that in church, you're like, oh, you clearly don't know what this song is actually about. <laughs> Just because it says, David, praise the Lord, is really not, is not yeah. what this song is about. It's not a But he knew the secret song.
1: chord. He
0: yeah yeah maybe maybe keep going through that song to hear
1: what else <laughs> it's is like on. the Ezekiel 49 thing the bread <laughs> yep. you know like yep.
0: keep reading yep. Yep. yeah yeah um, yeah all right so that's the Jupiter question for the week is that uh, a real quick question uh, as a checkup uh, Jay what's the last movie you watched
1: uh Sarah and I just watched you've been re-watching them I just never stopped watching them uh, Sarah and I just watched Civil War. Oh the, man, uh, the, the Captain America Civil War movie.
0: Yeah, I have gone all the way back through the MCU. Friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, Rebecca DePoe was saying she was doing that. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it too. And so I started going back through them. And I'm up to Doctor Strange. By the time we have the next thing, we'll talk about it. I would love to do a theology of MCU, but we've already done that. Uh, so maybe I'll just give you an upgrade update on it. I am aware of one. Most of these movies I haven't seen in ten years. And two, yeah. several of them that I thought I had seen, I have no recollection of seeing. Civil War being one of them. I absolutely have not seen more than 10 minutes of Civil War before I watched this, and it is one of the best.
1: It's phenomenal.
0: It is so good.
1: It's At the end, to, to think through the fact that you have three of the characters responding to trauma in three very different ways. Yep, yep. Uh, trauma and grief. And Black Panther, vengeance is consuming them, and I will not let it consume me anymore. Oh. And that puts the claws away. I love it.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's my biggest update. It's been uh, it has been a job over the last month. Uh, like I started basically at the beginning of May, getting through the MCU, but it feels I'm so close. It feels and it's been really good. It's been nice. Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, in your I mean, and like it's just my normal TV time. It's just I watch a movie. Um, so it's it's a lot easier to do than you think. Uh, that's all. That's all. So
1: well, I've been Jay.
0: And I've been Tyler. And, and this, this has, has been Rubbing the Pasture. Thanks everybody. Have a great, have a great week. We'll be back yep. sooner than later. I hope, hopefully, next week. We're, we're gonna, we're this is season three, so we're back in it. So we'll see you
1: on the next one. Huzzah!
0: Here we go. See you, see you soon. I don't want to live on. The- <laughs>